This is episode number three of the Life Recreated Podcast. Welcome to the Life Recreated Podcast, where I believe that every day is an opportunity to create a life you love, not the life you have to settle for. In today's episode, we are interviewing Donovan Walters. And this is an extremely special episode for me because I got the chance to sit down in this interview with my father and dive into the subject of how to be a dad when you've never seen a dad. You know, our generation has been labeled the fatherless generation. And there's a lot of young men who are entering fatherhood. And oftentimes, they never had an example of a father in order to raise the children that they have now just brought into the world. And so in this episode, we're going to dive into who to look to when you didn't have a father. We're going to talk about the power of listening. And we're also going to talk about why every man needs to develop his core values. So if you're ready to create the life you love, let's dive in. Okay, hey, 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 this is the uh, the Life Recreated Podcast. Um, In this episode, I have a very, very special guest. Uh, The Reverend Donovan Walters is on the air with us. Uh, this evening, and this is a, a very special, special um, episode. Uh, number one, uh, Reverend Walters has been, and I'm going to stop calling him Reverend Walters once we get into the <laughs> into the actual episode. But you know, he's uh, he's been in the ministry for many, many years. Actually, before I was even born, uh, he he's been in the ministry. He's pastored churches, um, been effective in uh, family ministry, family leadership, and uh, just has a, a whole plethora of knowledge. And, uh, and wisdom that he would like to share. And this episode is also interesting because uh, this Reverend Donovan Walters is actually my father. So this is uh, an interview that I'm actually going to be doing with my dad. And what kind of sparked my uh, idea of having my father actually on the show uh, was just because I was thinking about, you know, the importance of the relationship that men have with their fathers and that women have with their fathers and how much of a, of a huge impact that relationship actually plays in the development of our lives. And so wanted to have him on here uh, th- on this episode and uh, just get some time to talk to him, uh, pick his brain a little bit on how to become a better father. Uh, we're going to talk about this evening some of the struggles that he's dealt with and some of the things that he's faced uh, with fathering. Um, and uh, we're going to get into it. How are you doing this evening, Pops? Oh, I'm doing all right, son. It's a pleasure to be on the recording with you today, and I hope that there's those who are listening will enjoy our conversation because we just want to talk about the importance of fatherhood. Yes, sir. And yes, I sir. pray that somehow I, my long time being a father, being a minister of the gospel, and we can share some great ideas with our listening audience. That's good. That's good. So first, we'll start off. Give us a little bit of your background, if you could. So people that, that may not know you, may not know, um, you know, what you've experienced. Where where did everything start start for you, Pops? As a father. Yeah, as a father. All right. Yeah. Um, well, let me get back to my background. I'm native of Jamaica. I grew up and was called to the ministry at the age of 17 and now getting older, and got married and been married over 38 years this August that we're talking here. So two boys, Nicholas and Conrad, I'm the father of, and 
I've fathered many men in the ministry. So I've been around the ministry a long time to know what being a dad ought to be. What it ought to be, yep. That's mm-hmm. good. So let's start with, that's good. So let's start with the first question. And I just wanted to ch- just kind of try and jump right into it. What's the best advice you can give a, a young man raising a child who has never uh, had a father? Because, and the reason I ask that question too is just kind of preface is that, you know, I, I see a lot in our generation that there's a lot of young men who, um, you know, they, they, they're put into this new position of needing to be a father, but they've never had a father figure uh, in their lives. What's the best advice you can give a young man trying to raise a child who's never had a father? Well, let me point out to you early on that I grew up in Jamaica and my father, I did not live with him. I've probably seen him twice in my lifetime. And so as a daddy, I didn't understand what father would. I personally, I think my grandparents and my grandfather, who was a minister of the gospel, was more a father to me. But pre-adventure that we might discuss that as sometime we run into situation where we understand that when we understand fatherhood, we have to understand who God is. And I think my whole perception that fatherhood starts with knowing God, accepting him, and asking him to guide you along the way so you can become the great father that you ought to be. And I think when I first had my son, Nick, and I remember one day uh, my wife said to me, you got to be a good father to your boys. Um, Knowing that I didn't have an experience of a father, I had to go to the Heavenly Father and ask him, Lord, teach me how to be a father. You know, a lot of times we we want people to, to become example, but the greatest example is from the Word of God. And as I began to search the scripture, I find out that God is our Heavenly Father, and if we trust Him to guide us, then our kids will come after us and we can be the leading person in their lives. One of the greatest things about a father is that he builds an edge. The, 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 the father would. Jesus built. God is our father and he protection. And I've learned long time ago that one of the greatest things and how I could become a great father was through my relationship with the Heavenly Father. And I just want to suggest any man out there who wants to be a good dad, it's first start at the altar. Go and ask God, Lord, help me to become a great father. And if if you listen to God and be sensitive to his voice, and oftentimes as a dad, you have to listen to the voice of God. And when you listen to the voice of God, then you're able to walk in the way that you ought to and be the example one of the greatest attributes of a father, he must lead, he must be an example, a spiritual example. He must always carry his kids to the house of God. I, I just always believe in that. Sunday was always, for me as a, a man, that I always love to carry my family to the house of God. Now, you look at that and say, what's the real reason for that? Um, one, you carry them to a place where they can discover who God is in their lives. And when they learn the principles of the word, 
then they will walk in the principles of the word. The Bible says, train up a child in the way that that child should go, and when he's whole, he will not depart from it. So it, it's all stem from being an example, and I think a great father must lead his family to the house of God. Right, so let me ask you this question, because you made a statement that I'd like to touch on. What did you mean by being a hedge or a hedge, because when you said hedge, I'm assuming that you meant like, like maybe like how you see like a grass hedge around like a certain, maybe a certain property or something like that. Can you explain what you meant by, um, as a father, being a hedge? Well, um, if you look at God, the Bible says if we dwell, there's a scripture that comes to my mind, if you dwell in the secret place of the Most High, you shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Um, being a leader and being a father, your kids will always look up to you. Mm -hmm. They don't know anything else than what you show them. If you're a guy who destroy or beat or just wanted to abuse their mother, they'll grow up to be abusive. Right. We, billing an edge means that you got to carry yourself in such a way that your children can always point to you as from your example, they will say, this is how daddy would handle this situation. And when I talk about the edge, it's like a protection. You provide protection to your family. Right. You are the one who, and even in today's society, we are the men, men open the gates to the enemy to destroy our families. Sometimes, just look at this situation. We're living in a world where um, men, if they're not careful, the computer, the, the, the internet will be gateways that we open up. And so because we're the covering and the protection that God has made for the family, we can open up the enemy to come in and destroy the whole family. Right. So when I talk about the edge, I mean, the Bible talks about allowing our eyes to be not looking at the things that we ought not to, but providing that we are the protection. Always remember, as the man, you are responsible for the family. You cover the family with prayer. You cover the family with fasting. You cover the family with the Word of God. So the edge is where you provide that spiritual covering. For your family just like the bible says that christ is the head of the church and man is the head of the woman and we are the head of the whole family as men and god wants us to lead and to provide protection over our family and that is done by our position as fathers in the home in the home okay that's good that makes a lot of sense so then when you think about you know, think about being not just a father, but just being a man. I'm sure that there's a lot of men out there that can relate to struggling, you know, with the struggles. And I, as men, and even I've struggled with this a lot myself, is there's things and there's areas that I've struggled with. And, you know, you, a lot of times as men, we, we tend to try and cover those things up, you know, because we feel that if we let people know our struggles, that it will show or it will make ourselves feel weak or make those around us kind of try and, you know, look at us like we have a weakness. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, what were some areas 
that you sh- feel like you may have struggled with um, because you were missing a father? I know you said that your grandfather was there and he did uh, provide that that male figure, but there is a connection that that you that we have with our fathers that you know a lot of people just can't replace that. So, what areas do you feel that you struggle with because you didn't have your actual father there? Well, you know, one of the things about fatherhood is that, and I've I've learned is that you got to be listening to your family to the, the, the whatever is going on. You got to be seeing, looking at what's going on around you. Mm-hmm. You got to be always attentive to everything that surrounds you, the needs of your wife, the needs of your kids. And and the the problem, the struggle that I had is that I never had somebody that I could personally go to and say, Daddy, what do you think about this? I mean, that's the problem with with when you don't have a father figure. So you kind of had to find your way out of things. Even though, as I mentioned, my grandparents, but they weren't on that level where, so I had to learn from different ways of, even in the church, mm-hmm. you know, from men who I saw as spiritual leaders in their family to kind of kind of want to adopt what they have said. And I think one of the things, the struggle with that as a man is that I've never had an opportunity to really sit down as a fatherless child and just ask daddy so why so what mm-hmm. what happened right you know our, so there was never that level of, of communication and i think when we talk about the struggles most of our time our kids have the same likeness and right. struggle that we have as men mm-hmm. and so when we think about fatherhood we want to be at a place where we're sensitive. We observe, we kind of know your child, and you know what his struggle is. Even, just say for instance, school assignments. That's another struggle that many of our kids have. Mm-hmm. But if we're strong in maths, or the wife is strong in, in, in the English language, we can allow ourselves to be adaptable to them and look over their assignment and help them. And watch the kind of things that are spoken. You know, a lot of times, as father, you got to watch the things that comes out of our child's mouth. Right. And that will tell you really what is going on in the mind of the child. Right. And, and so I think one of the struggles is that as a fatherless child, I never had the privilege. And I, I think that's a big problem when you never had the privilege to say, you know, I sat with my father and he gave me some wise counseling. And that was to me a struggle, you know, when I was growing up. But amidst all of that, I turned to my heavenly father and allowed him to lead me and guide me. It all came through the matter of surrender in your life constantly to the father word of Jesus. And then what happened is that because your father was missing, God was never missing. Right. He right. was but God, you couldn't touch God like you would want to touch your father, right. but he was still the heavenly father and he loves you and he loves all that you do. And so that was really a struggle for me. I never had a real deep conversation. I think the last time I saw my father was one time he visited Jamaica and it was just a hello, 
right. and buy. It never was. So what has been happening all these years? So you never be able to converse and ask questions because you weren't given that privilege. That so privilege so that's, that was a real struggle. But in the midst of it, my wife mentioned to me that if you're going to be a good daddy, you're going to have to be very sensitive to your, your sons mm-hmm. and be able to guide them right. and lead them to the way you ought to. So do you think that with, with missing, like you, you know, like you said, you missed that, that ability to connect and to communicate with your dad, do you think that when, when say, me and, me and Connor came along, was it hard to... Was it hard to communicate in that sense? Like, so yes, say it for was. Instance, it like, was. But, I would come and try. But and talk I think I think my wife was sensitive to the Holy Spirit, and she said, "You got to slow down mm-hmm. and don't be, you know, very, you know, judgmental, right? And just listen, right? Because one of the greatest things that we're failing in our as being a father is that we're not listening." To the voice, we're not listening to what is said, and we just go about and say, "Listen, you need to do this. You need to do that." So we kind of let our kids miss the whole conversation. Because right. sometimes, what what we what I fail to understand is that sometimes your child is trying to tell you so much things, but yet still you don't want to hear what he got to say. You know, right, you want to get because you you should, you should know better. Right. Don't bring that to me. Right, and I right. think that's that's was one of the, it was a harsh and trying to want to whip and trying to want to beat and which beating and 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 having I mean disciplining a child was biblical. It was not biblical. Right, you know, right. something that we don't discuss, but we just was harsh in the way we handle situation. Right. And when I learned that in order for me to have a good relationship with my sons, I have to learn to be sensitive as a father and listen and be proactive and ask God for wisdom. Right, right. That's good. That's good. So then that kind of leads me to my next question. When you think about that, when you think back on the years, because like I'm 36 now, and you know, like I can say that our relationship in the last you know, eight to 10 years has gotten way better than it's ever been. You know what I mean? We talk on the phone maybe, I don't know, three, four times a week. But if you could think back throughout our whole lifetime as a father, what do you wish that you could have done better? You know, because I think that a lot of times we look at, you know, like I feel like some of the best things that we can we can do as human beings is just look back on what has already happened and analyze that and say, okay, well, what could I have done better as a father? What do you think that, that there were some, what, what, what kind of areas or what kind of things specifically do you think you could have done better? Well, I, I just believe that um, one of the things that I could have done better is to be more open, mm-hmm. um, more attentive, and more being able to understand where my sons were coming from, mm-hmm. you know, and what I, what I was I was, and I'm happy for that today mm-hmm. is that my boys are able to talk to me in such a way as you mentioned more three four times a week we'll call each other right. because we talk on the level of because of of the change of our understanding with our really I can I can expect a call from them without 
nothing, just wanted just to say call, hi, right. just a call. Right. But I look at it this way that, you know, one of the things about being a great father is you don't want to drive your kids away. Mm-hmm. You want to drive them to you. Right. And I think that's the, the struggle that many of us fathers, we keep driving our kids away. And the Bible talks about fathers don't provoke your children to wrath, yeah. but bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of our Lord. And I think one of the things that I've learned that you got, in order for you to have a good relationship with your children, you're not supposed to provoke them, but you're supposed to draw, bring them up in God's way, God's principle. Don't force God on them. Let them understand that you love them and their Heavenly Father loves them also. Right. I think, as you said, in the last eight years, things have changed because the, the understanding, I, I don't know if it's, you know, understanding that in order for you to have a long-term relationship, you're going to have to develop communication. Right. And communication means every facet of it. What you know, I just believe that my sons can always share with me anything. Right. Because right. the fact that now we are in a relationship, not necessarily because they're men and I'm a man, but because daddy is willing to listen and help and to provide wisdom. And, you know, one of the struggles that you I had to pray about is giving me, God, give me wisdom. Mm-hmm. Right. The Bible says, if any man lack wisdom... Let him ask God. Right. Be wisdom to be a father so that I can listen and I can learn. And I, you know, I've always said that you, wisdom is so powerful mm-hmm. that if you listen to the wisdom of your father, you don't have to learn the hard, the hard way. way. Right. And I think one of the things why I learned to be a father the hard, the hard way is that you fail to listen to wisdom. Right. You know, and the Bible says knowledge and in all you're getting, get understanding, wisdom, right. wisdom and understanding. Right. I think that is really the key that I would have done early on, is learning to understand the wisdom of being a father and carrying out that wisdom. But as I got older and I realized in order to have a long-term relationship, I need to have the wisdom from God that will propel me into be a great father. Right. So at the end of the day, I want to be known not to save the world, mm-hmm. but to be able to save my sons. Right. That was more important to me. Because there's a lot of us in the ministry, we're saving the world, but we're missing out being a great father. Right, right. No, yeah, and I've seen that. I've seen that play out. And, you know, I even, you know, with just being in the ministry, you realize, you know, me personally just being in the ministry, a lot of times... You can get so sidetracked because, you know, your, all your attention is being pulled from, you know, the responsibilities you have in ministry that sometimes you forget, okay, well, no, I need to take care of my family. My mm-hmm. family needs, because if your family is not right, then you don't really have a ministry to be able to be effective in. So mm-hmm. I think that's good. So now my, my next thing that I, that I was thinking about is, one of the things that I'm learning a lot, too, as a newer father, you know, my daughter is four and my son is two years old. Um, one of the things that even in this last few years, I've they have taught me so many lessons that I would have never 
experience without having a child. You understand what I'm saying? So, you know, there's a lot of things that they have done, they have said, or they have acted in certain in a certain way that to me was was a was a new lesson and a new experience. What would you think that you know over the last uh, thirty plus years? What what are some of the greatest lessons that we have taught you? as being your children, you know, because I feel you can learn from anybody, especially when you, when you see a little, you know, especially when you see a little version of you running around Mm -hmm. and they're exactly like you, you're like, Oh wow, there's things that they do that I didn't see. What were some of the lessons that we may have taught you as your children, um, as a father? Well, uh, I think one of the greatest lessons is our conversation with my son is before they get off the phone is daddy I love you mm-hmm. and and I don't think it's just a general statement I think right. it's coming from their heart right I think one of the greatest lessons is to know that they have a father in me that they don't have to struggle with right the the the, the fact is there there sometimes we our kids are afraid to explain and to tell their father just about anything. I think what has developed over the years is the fact that the love that is portrayed by us as parents and fathers, like myself, is communicated back when my sons can always refer to me, refer to the laughter, Refer to sometimes I hear things that I didn't even realize that I said. <laughs> right. It was, you know, I mean, one of the things to I told my son years ago if the food ain't moving, don't buy it. That's it. You know, and <laughs> right. And now they walk up to the store and they say, You remember what dad said? You know, <laughs> right. and it, this, it, that's the, the thing that you realize that something is being registered when your kids can always come back. And make statement. You remember, Dad said that's not a good idea right. to one another. Right. And so those are some of the things you learn as you go along. But the love and the respect. I mean, my sons have never disrespected me. Right. I mean, it, it's it's a joy. Right. It's, I'm proud to say this is my son. Right. Because at the end of the day, somebody's going to come back and say, well, you did a great job. Right. training the, the child up you know right. and 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 the, the the thing about that you learn is that the bible says when you train your children when they're old they will not depart from it right that's a guarantee i, I just think that is awesome you know sometimes you train them and they seem like they're going far from god right. as you thought it would be but right. god guaranteed that when you put in them and instill in them certain values, it's guaranteed that at the end of the day, when they become older, when they're grown up, they will always come back to those value system that makes great sense. And it was all taught right. by your father. So then when you say that, there's two things that I think about is, you know, I think it's important as men to really develop a solid system of what you believe in mm-hmm. because I think that is what's huge. You can't pass on to, you know, you can't pass on to your children something that you're not 
firm 100% believing in. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's what ends up happening a lot of times that, that confuse a lot of men and that frustrate a lot of men is that there's so many inconsistencies. There can be so many inconsistencies. So say, for instance, you can have, you know, your father or, you know, just even dismissing that father so that nobody ever really instills in you 100% a belief system like, hey, this is how you need to be as a man. This is how you need to, to, to talk and, and respect others and, and things like that. And so I think just even as men, you know, that maybe, you know, you're out there and you, you didn't grow up with your father. It's so important for you to really take the time to develop what do you believe in that you're going to pass along to your kids. Because that's what's going to, you know, from what I'm getting and what I'm understanding just in this conversation, what has been handed down to us over the years is the things that you believed in and the things that you decided these were my foundational core values, core values that I was yeah, going to pass on to my children. To children. And so you even think about even in today, you know, with, uh, you know, just in just us being the younger generation, the millennials, there's so many different things coming at us from social media, the what the media is saying, that it's, it's difficult to really develop, okay, what are my core values going to be as a man? Mm-hmm. You know, what are the things that I'm going to live up to and really follow through on? And if you decide as a man what those core values are going to be with your children, it's going to be easy for you to pass those lessons right. on That's because you're living them. You're living them every, every single day. day of your life. You know? I think one of the greatest thing as a father is don't be in a compromising situation. Right. You know, you're telling your kids one thing and you're doing something else. And that's very compromising. Right. They're looking at what you're, not what you're saying, but what you what are. Yeah. And, what you and, and as you said, the core values, and you have to establish those things in your, like I said, one of the, the value of, I, I know when you were growing up, whether you wanted to go to church or you didn't want to go to church on a Sunday morning, we didn't bother, this was not a discussion. Right. You had to get ready for right. church. Right. So you whether you want so even if you're gonna sleep in the car right. while you're going to church, <laughs> right, right, right. this was the value that we was gonna go it's into still. the presence of God and we're gonna learn something from the word through the ministry of the church. Right. So as you said, we have to as men, we can't say you go to church and then you don't show up at church. Right. You can't lead from behind. Right. You can lead Leading from before. You got to be before everybody that leads. You got to be up front leading. And so the question is, you want to establish that you're not caught in a compromising situation. So that your son said, but daddy, this is what you said. Daddy, this is what you're doing. What you're doing is wrong. And what you're saying is, all right, you know, we heard what you said. But you are what we're doing, what we're seeing in your behavior. Um, someone says, what you are, speak so loud that the world can't hear what you say. They're looking at your walk, not listening to your talk. They're judging from your action every day. So if uh, my action lines up with my core belief system, then it will be in great favor of my leading my son. But if, right. if I'm in a place of compromise, I'm saying one thing and doing something else, or behaving, you know, in such a compromising way, then that's going to just shatter the whole idea of 
can I really follow this man? Right. Or can I do what I got to do? And then on, a, on the other hand, we need to be strong for our families as men. We need to carry that torch of leadership as men. You know, we can't just sit by and let our, the, the wives lead or be the upfront person. Right. We have to, you know, one of the things too that happened in, in when we were, my boys were growing up, I used to enjoy them coming to their mother about something and then catching me on the back end to see what I've got to say. Right. And, and we always like, Janet and I always like to laugh because we already decided that we're going to stay with the same message. Right, right, right. So when you, are, you and your wife is on the same page, it provides strong leadership. Did you hear some mom would say, what did dad say? I mean, we are, you know, they come, they test the, your mom, they test the father right. just to see what if everybody's saying. saying the same thing. And then, well, like, well, daddy, you know what daddy already said. Right. So I think that's the greatest kind of leadership is when our children know that mom and dad are on the same, same page, page, doing the same thing, having the same value system, standing for the same kind of message right. rather than being in a compromising situation. situation. Right. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. A lot of sense. Well, I think um, this was a, a great conversation and, and the purpose of it, like I even, you know, began to say in the beginning was that, you know, it's really meant to encourage men that it's possible. It's, it's extremely possible to become a great father, become an excellent father not necessarily seeing an example of it. And to recap on some of, you know, what we talked about, you know, my father was saying that one of the things that really helped him was his relationship with God, his heavenly father. And I want to encourage men out there that, you know, if you don't have that relationship, um, it, to seek that relationship, to seek um, how to become a good father if you don't have that example. But it's extremely possible. And then also to find other men around you that, you know, can help to keep each other accountable, help to keep each other, you know, on the same path uh, to just becoming good fathers. And, you know, I want to acknowledge my dad uh, here. He's sitting before me. He came down to visit and just for the excellent job that he has done uh, for me and my brother and just raising us and giving us a, uh, a firm foundation. So just want to encourage men out there. You know, let's keep pushing. Let's continue to keep, you know, becoming better, continue to keep striving, continue to keep recreating who we are as men, who we are as individuals in this world. And so for, for next time, we'll catch you later uh, with the Life Recreated Podcast. That was such a powerful episode. You're talking about 36 years of wisdom wrapped up into a 30-minute conversation. You know, my encouragement with this episode is that it would just help some young men who may have just found themselves becoming new fathers wondering how they're going to raise the children that they just brought into this world. Well, hopefully through this interview, you realize that there is a light at the end of the tunnel and it's definitely possible for you to become an excellent father, an excellent man in this generation, even though you may have not seen 
the perfect example. It also encourages us that every single day, you and I have the opportunity to create a life you love and to become the fathers that our children need, especially in this generation. So until next time, keep creating the life you love.